This is the Greg Belveridge Show. There is an interesting piece I ran across this morning at The Blaze. You know The Blaze? Theblaze.com. Um, often you see um, Glenn Beck. A lot of his work is on The Blaze. Daniel Horowitz is another one who is part of The Blaze. And I saw this story, caught my eye, because Governor Christine Oak, uh, the headline was a big headline photo, prominent story at theblaze.com. And the headline said, Christy Nome stays silent as G- uh, South Dakota GOP cedes property rights. This issue of property rights in our state is a big, big one. And I'm curious to get your thoughts because... The this issue of the pipelines and and what's going on, I think, with this is I, I think for landowners, it's got to it's important to me. And I don't own land. I can only imagine how important this is to folks who own land. And these pipelines going through our state, Summit Carbon Solutions now back. You know, already defeated one, now back in the state again, trying again. And this is what Horowitz writes about. He says, well, the this uh, the project by uh, Summit Carbon Solutions is back, and it's stronger than, than ever, he writes, evidently supporting property rights and opposing the carbon-neutral dystopia is too much to ask of South Dakota Republicans. I'm like, whoa. And he's referring to a bill that was passed by the Senate, State Senate, now we're talking, State Senate Commerce and Energy Committee last week. They passed SB 201, which preempts all local ordinances and restrictions when it comes to carbon capture pipelines. So the state's saying, nope, we're going to take control of that. No local ordinances or restrictions. And I'm curious how you feel about that. Horowitz obviously has some pretty strong feelings on it. But I'm curious to get your thoughts. Phone lines are open this morning, 605 336 1320 is the Kello hotline. If you want to join the program, 605-336-1320. And so now I've not seen this uh, as to where it stands right now. But Horowitz says these pipelines serve no purpose other than pleasing the gods of phantom global warming satisfying the grift of uh, green energy companies backed by government venture socialism. They do nothing other than capture and store carbon forever with no feasible end game. So we've talked about these carbon, you know, capture pipelines previously. Many of you are landowners. In particular, I love hearing from landowners. So let's jump to the phones. Phones are already jammed. 605-336-1320. And we'll start with Steve. Good morning, Steve. You're on, Kello. Good morning. 
I believe Horowitz is right. It, it's just a power grab and a money maker, not for the public, but for private enterprise. Yes. Um, if, if the city wants to come and condemn my home and put in a fire station, I can understand that. I wouldn't be happy, but I, that's for the public good. But this whole green energy and carbon capture is a bunch of nonsense. If, if ethanol is so green, why have we got all this pollution? We've got to bury someplace. So why, and, well, and why, in your extent. opinion, why does the legislature seem to be deaf to that, Steve? I think there's money to be made someplace for the people in here. I, I hate to say that. Um, there, there's got to be some reason other than logic making them think that way. Yeah, it's it campaign uh, contributions. Is it a fishing rod? I don't know. Do you think the state should be able to tell? Uh, so I want to rephrase that because what they're doing is with this bill saying that local governments, so your county government, so on, when it comes to these pipelines, no, you have no control. That all should be left up to the state government. What's your reaction to that? You know, the people in Pierre don't always know what's going on in my neck of the woods. My local people do. Yep. At least I can talk to them about that. Um, it, it's, it's, it's similar to Washington saying, no, you, you people at the school board don't have any say. We'll make the policies here. Washington doesn't know what they're doing either. So it, it's a power grab. And it's it's not good for the people who who are my my little plot of ground with my house on it is not going to be affected. These farmers right. have got hundreds of acres where they're running through their roughshod, and they can tell me all about the safety of these pipelines. But in the end, if something goes sour with this green energy business, and they step out like so many solar and wind companies have, and they just leave the mess behind. I understand your point, Steve. I'm so glad you called. Thank you, my friend. Cindy is a first-time caller. Good morning, Cindy. You're on, Kello. Hi. Hi. Yes. I'm from around Flanders, South Dakota, and we've been we've been fighting this, you know, what we had navigator that comes through. And um, this whole... Um, this whole thing is just wrong. Um, this SB 201 to take the power away from the local people who is are trying to protect their local people. The CO2 pipeline is not necessary. If if it was so bad for the environment, why isn't everything dying around the power plants? Not only that, but CO2 when you mix it with water is very corrosive. Very deadly. It's an asphyxiant, and it will go for, you know, um, approximately four square miles, and it can kill. It kills everything. Do you and, feel like uh, the legislature is listening to this? It happens. No, I tell you, I and my, um, I had two of my siblings, um, Crystal Page and Clayton Rensler, and they're very active and and trying to get this up and and. I mean, this this is worse this year than it was last year. I feel. I mean, it's just like they're not, it's just falling on deaf ears. And then you've got 
summit who's got all this money that they can use to hire all these lobbyists. And not only do they hire all these lobbyists, but then they wine and dine and this type of thing. And we're, we're just the landowners having to give up our day, our income, this type of a thing, in order to go out and voice our opinion. And so we can't be out there every day. And we only, we can afford to hire maybe one or two lobbyists. And it's coming out of our pockets. And this whole thing, if you talk to anybody who's had a um, pipeline go through their, their, um, their property, they will tell you the debris that is dug up and all this other stuff. And... Um, the debris, the lack or the decrease in uh, production on that property. And some of those always telling them, well, or all these pipeline companies are saying, well, we put the land back to where it was. No, they don't because they hire the lowest, they'll hire the lowest bid contractor. And that, that contractor isn't going to follow through with everything. So no, nobody is listening. We've got some very good people out there in Pierre, but right now there are some that are just, I feel, are, are being threatened or bullied. And there was one bill that um, shown back out in, uh, and I think that one got that one got shut down. It had to do with um, somebody else. Uh, gosh, darn! No, I can't can't remember what it was. Well, and that that's all right, Cindy. I appreciate your call. I want to phone. Our phone lines are busy, so I want to move. Give some other folks a chance to share their point of view. Thank you so much, Cindy, for the call. Good morning, RJ. You're on Kello. Good morning, Greg. Uh, this uh, past caller, Cindy, she pretty much said a lot of what I. But I, it's been my thoughts all along that this whole thing is about. Uh, power grab, land grab, it, this global climate change is a big old lie. It's just part of the World Economic Forum, globalism, Klaus Schwab. But the other thought I've had for a long time, too, because everybody's wondering, why doesn't Governor Nome stand up for this? Because she's done a lot of other good things. That's what they're um, wondering at the blaze. Yeah. The, the, well, this, piece, well, this piece talks about it and says, um, basically says uh, it's hard to imagine this bill would get much support from uh, leadership if uh, the governor were opposed to it. And he says, where is Christy Nome on this yeah. issue? Yeah, I wonder if she, doesn't she still have her family ranch? I'm wondering if she ain't been threatened, you know, you stay out of this and we're going to come after your ranch. Just my thoughts. I got no proof of that, but it's just, you've got to wonder. Well, RJ, thank you so much for the call. I appreciate it. 605-336-1320 is my number. If you want to join the program, Todd, good morning. You're on Kello. Hey, Greg, I guess you're talking to a landowner or farmer. Uh, the whole problem with this is they think they can come in here and put a pipeline, and farmers don't want it in their ground, and they think uh, they can just uh, go over uh, farmers' rights uh, out in South Dakota and even in Iowa. There's farmers that that protest and they don't want them out there, and uh, they're told to stay off. The farmers are being told to stay off their lawn, their yep, ground, yep. and let these surveyors come in and survey their ground. And the state is basically saying, with Christy Nome, who I support, is basically saying, no, that's not your ground rights. 
that's the right of the state. And the EPA is really, really pushing this. And there's some hot farmers out here that don't want them on their ground. And the EPA and the states and the federal government is saying, no, hey, you don't have any right on your ground anymore. The state is telling you, the federal government is telling you what is right and wrong. Um, Greg, this pipeline is a joke. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I mean, they're going to run carbon capture up to up to uh, uh, up to uh, North Dakota and put it in the ground, and yet we can't run uh, uh, oil um, from car- from 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 uh, yes. you know back here. Yeah, and and there there's a here's also here's another one. They are not telling these people about the huge safety risk. What is in this carbon capture pipeline? There are a lot of concerns about that. Todd, thanks for your call. Nick is a first-time caller. Good morning, Nick. You're on, Kello. Morning, Greg. How are you? I'm doing well. What's your take on this, Nick? Well, I just I find this thing just hard to believe. They're just just running over landowners on this thing. Um, I live in uh, Minneapolis County, and we got this pipeline looking to come through my parents' land, and uh, they they go out there, they they sit through these 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 committee meetings and uh, try to try to talk to these senators and House, these legislatures, and it just, everything falls on deaf ears. Um, they, they got these summit people running all over uh, in pier, and, and they just, I don't know what they have, but they just, they just can't get their voice heard. Um, they got so many farmers going out there and trying to talk to the, the, the Congress on this, and, 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 and Nome is nowhere to be found. Well, then I, and I wonder, are, are they not being heard or are they just being ignored, you know, right now, unfortunately? Yeah, I think they're being ignored. It's, it's, I don't know what this, this, this pipeline, you know, I just can't believe a private business can come in um, with foreign investors and, uh, and they can just ram this down, down the throats of uh, landowners. And then take it. They they, they claim it's a, a green pipeline, but they take they take this carbon up there, and what they want to do with it, they want to pump it in the ground and hope to push oil back up, so they so they can get oil and then burn oil and create more carbon, you know. And meanwhile, <laughs> the federal government is set to pay them billions every year in carbon credits for this thing through the through the Green New Deal or the Inflation Reduction Act. That's where this money's coming from. So. Well, Nick, thank you so much for your thoughts and your phone call, my friend. Always great to hear from first-time callers. Phone lines are open right now, 605-336-1320 is my number. Good morning, Ann. You're on, Kelly. Yeah, good morning. How you doing? I'm doing well. What's your take, Ann? Well, I got three words, and it's follow the money. Yeah. You know, that's that's the thing. And, you know, I'm I'm a Christie supporter. Christie, you know, I'm our governor. I'm, I just it disappoints me greatly that she's quiet. Um, the other thing is that I would say is okay. So if this pipeline was going to be running through her land, um, how would she feel? Another point: um, anything the federal government is clapping their hands about <laughs> I, makes me go. Mm, I'm not going to yeah. be clapping my hands. <laughs> Well, I know everything gives you pause anymore, Ann. It's it's if if the federal government wants it, then I'm going to say for the general public, it's probably not 
a thing that we would want, period. Well, and and when it comes to the issue of property rights, it seems like we're shredding those in order to reach uh, our ends. And I wonder how you feel about that. Well, it's a boondoggle is what it is, a complete boondoggle. And um, it's this environment, it ends up being like a cult. And the government uh, is, is just, you know, like I said, I line in everybody's pocket. Somehow people are making money off of it, like someone a caller said earlier, you know, the whining and dining and sitting there yep. getting to have uh, come to come to dinner with us and visit with us. Well, the average, everyday average farmer, landowner, doesn't have that opportunity, sadly to say. And I don't know. I, I find it so disappointing. It's, it's something that I think is going to get rammed down South Dakota's throat. And uh, I don't know what the recourse is. Well, I certainly hope that's not the case. Thank you, Ann, so much for your call. Good morning, Jim. You're on, Kello. Yeah, I'd like to make three points, Greg. Uh, number one, I believe there is a gnome son-in-law involved with Summit. Secondly, Summit is hugely funded by BlackRock. Christopher Ray from the FBI has millions in BlackRock. And this uh, pipeline goes to North Dakota. Bill Gates owns the land where it all ends. Yeah, North Dakota is heavily involved or greed. And these same companies. So there you go. Well, well, thanks, Jim, for your, your, your call and your thoughts. Good morning, Noah. You're on Kello. So my biggest thing is, did these guys miss their third-grade science class when we all learned about photosynthesis? Because, you know, the plants, they need carbon dioxide to be productive. Right. And the more carbon dioxide they have access to, the more productive they are. In a greenhouse, for example, they have a way of artificially controlling the atmosphere, and they increase the amount of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere to make their plants more productive. So why are we trying to eliminate this? (laughs) Because some are making money. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. The whole thing's a sham. So again, are you a landowner, Noah? I'm not, but my family's got some land, and the guy I work for is a farmer, so I'm... Well, I'm I'm not, and I don't ask that to be critical because I don't own land either, but I feel really strongly about this, and when the legislature doesn't seem to be listening to the public, it's concerning. Well, that's the thing. You know, they're there to work for us, and they're not listening to us. It's just very aggravating. Yeah, we've already got that going on in Washington. We hate seeing that going on at home, too. (laughs) Hey, Noah, thank you so much. Good morning, Clint. You're on Kello. Good morning, Greg. I just wanted to bring out a point. This is a landowner issue, obviously, property rights issue also. But it's bigger than that. It's a taxpayer uh, problem. You and any other taxpayer are going to be putting the bill for Summit Carbon Pipeline. That's a great point. and that's that's should sort of, everybody should be paying attention to this as a taxpayer. Uh, number one, number two. The gentleman just mentioned uh, greenhouses and CO two. They're going to sell this product back to the public, not only in that form but methanol. There's been hint of uh, methanol plant being built up in North Dakota. I don't know. I can't verify that. 
But all the shipping industry, the shipping container ships across their seas, the EU has required them to be run on methanol, not diesel. We should be adding a methanol facility to every ethanol plant in our state and putting that revenue in the state of South Dakota, Iowa, and et cetera. Uh, it's a big issue. There's a lot of money, very lucrative, in selling this CO2 in the form of CO2 and methanol back to the public and private business. There's a reason that foreign investors are in this big time because they see the, they know what's going on, and the money's there. The taxpayer is going to build it, and then they're going to capture the profits. Well, I really appreciate your call. Thank you so much, Clint. We were talking about the carbon capture pipeline and SB201 and getting your reaction. Really, what we're talking about is, you know, state control versus local control. And what the state is doing is going, saying, no, no local control, state control on this issue of pipelines. And I'm I'm curious, and as to how you feel about that, how it impacts, you know, property owner rights. And I love hearing from you. Carol is a first-time caller. Good morning, Carol. You're on, Kello. Hi. Um, I was just calling. We live out by Wall Lake, and they want to put the pipeline through by our house. And we have been going out to the legislation about all the bills, and every bill keeps getting denied at, um, for eminent domain. We feel we have the right as citizens of South Dakota, to say no. If they want the pipeline, that's fine, but they shouldn't have the right to force it on. It's a dangerous CO2 pipeline that's foreign-invested owned and not owned by us. We're not going to make money off of it, and I just think it's wrong. The And I think you speak for many, um, Carol. Have you tried then reaching out to the legislature? What kind of reaction are you getting? We have been going up there, uh, we've probably been there six times, and it seems like a lot of the people on the House side are for us and um, believing that we should have the right to eminent domain, but our Senate seems to be against us on it. And um, we're District 25, and our representatives and our senator are all on our side. They believe in eminent, um, no right to take land from you. Well, I really appreciate your call. Carol, thank you so much for listening and calling the show. Hope you will again, my friend. Phone lines are open, 605-336-1320. Good morning, Jim. You're on, Kello. Good morning. I want to offer a little different perspective here, and I guess uh, a question or maybe. You got a terrible connection, Jim. What's being lost, in my opinion, is the benefit that the ethanol industry would receive from this. Um, and, and ethanol is, is uh, derived from corn. And if the ethanol industry is suffering and demand for ethanol is down right now and continuing that trend, where are we going to go with all the corn and how is that going to affect the rural economy? Ethanol needs a lower CI score to compete in large low-carbon fuel markets. Uh, that's documented, and that's a fact today. Um, 
So if, if this is uh, if this pipeline isn't built, ethanol is going to become less competitive. Uh, and, and really, yeah, but the, isn't the problem though that you start saying um, forget eminent domain and landowners don't have any right or any recourse? We're just going to leave it up to state governments. You're taking land again. This is not a this is not a ut- public utility. We're not talking about gas lines. We're not talking about you know, power lines, we're, we're talking about something uh, beyond that, and that's the pushback that you're hearing from some of the previous callers. Well, you got a lot in there, and I want to address all of it. First of all, uh, gas lines and power lines and railroads are privately owned as well, and they were privately owned when they, put, we, they were put in in some cases, so this is really no but, different. Right, well, but the, again, public benefit. I get power. I get gasoline. Okay, so whether what you know the the reason this this uh, Inflation Reduction Act was passed was because there's the, 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 of the global warming, the climate change, all of that thing. So I guess if if you don't believe in climate change, then yes, you're probably on the opposite side of this. If you do believe there's something going on in the climate and that we need to secure. Uh, more CO2, that is a public benefit. And and when you look at some of the natural disasters and the severity of these things, I mean, we're all paying for it through higher insurance rates right now. It's happening before us. If you believe that that's, that's occurring, then there is a public benefit to sequestering CO2. Uh, I appreciate, uh, appreciate the call. Um, yeah, that's curious. That's curious. Um, phone lines are open. 605-336-1320. Uh, 605-336-1320. And again, we're just taking open lines. So there may be voices here you might recognize. Uh, 605-336-1320 if you want to join the program. What I'm really looking for are landowner landowner reactions. That's what I'm looking for. The landowner reactions, and especially whether you're being heard or not, you tell me. Are you being heard or not by your state legislature on this issue? 605-336-1320 is the Kellohan line if you'd like to join the program. 605-336-1320. I was sharing, and this is what, you know, we've talked about this issue before. I know it's important. And it was a piece by Daniel Horowitz at The Blaze as he's talking about this. And he he said in in response to the you know, the points that that Jim was just making, the entire premise that carbon is bad and is somehow causing warming is a lie. He writes, there's been no warming since 2015, despite an additional 450 billion tons of carbon emissions. And then he said, um, he's a portion of this article, he says, um, where's the governor, by the way? He said, it's hard to imagine this bill would get so much support from Senate leadership if she were opposed to it. She's on TV every night decrying the invasion at the uh, border. She was again last night. but <laughs> Which, uh, 
coincidentally. But what about the invasion of local property rights by a foreign-backed green energy company subsidized through government green energy subsidies and materials, he writes. Not only should Noam oppose stripping local governments of the authority to regulate these carbon pipelines, but she should champion then eminent domain on this issue. So I want to get back to uh, some of your phone calls. Who's first here? Is it? I think it's line two. Let's go to, good morning, Dan. You're on Kello. Hey, good morning, Greg. Say, this is why I enjoy your show. Uh, thank you for bringing this topic up. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's very, very important to me. I, I actually, I, I live within two miles of where a, a proposed pipeline would be. It's not running through my land, but the, the thing of it is, is with you, when you're within two miles, I'm about three quarters of a mile away. Uh, if something would ever happen to that pipeline, it, it's, it's not good. You know, uh, that pipeline, I, I went to the meetings in Canton, um, and some, uh, uh, yet, yeah, you know, they were there, it was navigator actually, you know, they were there and they were explaining their side of it. Um, that pipeline is running at 2200 PSI. I mean, and it, and it's, you know, if something breaks, you're talking a two mile, you know, you're talk, talking about a two mile zone that not much is going to survive, you know, the likelihood of it going, you know, within three quarters of a mile, you know, my place might be, you know, small, but the thing of it is just the chance of that happening would, would scare anyone. You know, if I propose that I would, uh, you know, safely bury uh, spent nuclear, you know, uh, debris in your backyard, but I guarantee you that nothing would happen, you wouldn't, you wouldn't want it. You know, I mean, right. and, 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 and by the way, so many of these people that have called in, honestly, they, they you know, I'm right with them, you know, the, the, the concerns, the frustrations, and uh, yeah, it's just, uh, uh, as far as, you know, Christy Noem, you know, the thing of it is, why is she so silent on this? I think the person that said follow the money is spot on. You know, it's, uh, uh, something's going on there, and, and, and it concerns me. Well, I'm so glad you shared your thoughts with me, Dan. It's always good to hear from you. Thank you, my friend. Rod is a first-time caller. Good morning, Rod. You're on Kello. What? Oh, sorry. Um, we're going to Perry. Good, that was my bad. Good morning, Perry. Yep. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing well. Just a little confused. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I just want to make a comment on the like two callers ago. The guys said that if you don't believe in, uh, you know, that the climate is in imminent danger, then you're going to be on the opposite side of this this pipeline, and and that's where I stand. I think it's just it's not proven science and. You know, there's a Princeton professor called uh, named William Harper that has a pretty good um, spiel about how this is not a catastrophe that we're in. And so I'd encourage everybody to look up William Harper and listen to what he has to say. Have, have you been in contact then with, uh, with state lawmakers? What do you think is going on in the no, state legislature? I, I haven't followed that that close. I'd, I'd like to know... A, a list of our state legislators that are on, you know, a list that puts them on one side or the other, and I would make some calls. Well, I appreciate your engagement on this issue. Thank you so much, Perry. Now let's go to Rod. Rod's a first-time caller. Good morning, Rod. You're on Kello. Yeah, the one guy said about Christy Noem, I don't know if it's true or not, but they used to say that Janko owned the Flying J truck stop. 
So, the, you know, the, let's not get into uh, – I, I really do not appreciate that stuff. Let's stick with what we know and our thoughts on what's happening. And, and another thing is uh, we produced uh, almost a record crop with little rain this year. How is, did that come from breeding, or did it come from more carbon dioxide in the atmosphere? Make your point, Rod. If you gotta, I mean, if you're gonna call me, make a point. Don't don't ask questions. Make your point. Okay, make my point. Is I'm a, I'm a, I don't believe that we do have a problem with carbon dioxide. Right. And uh, carbon sequestered by the pipeline. If you do the math, it's very little compared to what the corn crop digests and produces oxygen with in a year. So that's my point. Well, I'm glad you made it. Thank you. I appreciate it. We're getting so many folks who are engaging, and just a string of first-time callers like Clayton. Good morning, Clayton. You're on Kello. Clayton. Now we'll move on. Good morning, Amanda. You're on Kello. Hey, good morning. I have been listening to the show and have been hearing a lot of frustration from landowners. And I think, I guess I'm here to echo those frustrations. I'm a farmer, rancher, and landowner. And I've been following this issue closely. And I think it can be boiled down to one thing. This pipeline has nothing to do with improving the environment. It has everything to do with control and lining the pockets of certain people. This is a climate change Green New Deal boondoggle being pushed forward by government grifters using our tax dollars to reallocate wealth, destroy and divide communities, trample on the Constitution, and produce nothing. It's a pathway to starvation, and at the core of it, it is absolutely trampling on our Constitution, our private property rights, and our ability to govern ourselves locally. Powerful comments, Amanda. Why don't you think uh, the state legislature is listening to what folks like you are saying? Well, follow the money. It seems to me when landowners show up and fill the rooms and pier begging for help because their futures are on the line, their businesses, their land, they have no opportunity to say no. And these legislators keep saying, well, we're going to come up with compromise. Uh, Compromise is a tactic used by animal rights activists and climate extremists to take what is not theirs. When we go to the table and talk about compromise, they have everything to gain and we have everything to lose. And so I'm urging our legislators to give us the opportunity to enter into commerce with companies we want to do business with. And nobody wants to do business with Summit. That's just a fact. Well, I really appreciate your thoughts and your phone call. Thank you so much, my friend. Um, let's try Clayton again. Clayton's on the line. Good morning, my friend. You're on Kello. Thank you. Yeah, the, concerning the pipeline, it's just uh, it's just a company we don't want to do business with. They've, they've not been honest. They've not been forthright. And it's just something, somebody that we don't. We don't need in South Dakota. They don't share the same values as we as South Dakotans. And, uh, you know, it's not that we're against progress. We're not against pipelines. It's just, they're just bad actors from the get-go. They've, they've been deceitful in their negotiations and uh, deceitful. They're pitting neighbors against neighbors. They've used the ethanol industry to, uh, to bash us. 
and uh, it's just it's just wrong commentary. In addition to that, I don't I don't know little I don't know much about uh, climate control or whether carbon is causing it or not. Uh, I don't even know the science behind putting the, the depth of the pipeline. There's a lot of things I don't know as an individual, but I got a pretty good idea as a South Dakotan, as an American, what my property rights should be. And, uh, and, and the legislature is just not putting that in, in the context. Yeah, well, and how, how do you feel then? I mean, as we talk about property rights, if the state legislature says, no, your local governments, I always feel that control is best, you know, when, or when it's closest to the people. Government is best, I should say. Absolutely. When it's, when it's closest to the people. So why are we doing this in peer? You can ask the legislature. It is mind-boggling to me. You know, if it, we go one step farther. If they, if the legislature thinks that that the local townships and the local counties aren't smart enough, well, maybe Washington D.C. doesn't think the state legislatures are smart enough. So let's just go one step further and let the federal federal government mandate everything or control everything. Let's see how the state legislatures react to that. I just think that that they are being short-sighted. They're being led around by big money big politics, and, uh, and they're not listening to the people. I, you know, there's two things that I go back to. It's local control and property rights. And if you can stand on those principles, everything will be fine. And it's just a, it's a big company that doesn't believe in that. Well, that's, I really appreciate your thoughts, your sentiment. Thank you, Clayton, for giving us a call back. I'm glad we had a net. Uh, an opportunity to talk and i want to thank all of you who called in this morning it's i know it's a powerful issue certainly from a landowner perspective and as one caller said i think even then just a, a greater kind of safety perspective overall and um i think it's an issue we'll continue to follow closely uh here on the greg belfry show